Put your hand on yourself. <clears throat> Say this after me today. Jesus took my infirmities. He took all my disease. That means I don't have it. And by His stripes, I am healed. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Every part of my body today is functioning correctly and properly the way God made it to operate in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Say it, I'm healed. Woo! Glory to Jesus. I mean, you know, when, when you talk about being saved and you talk about being healed and you talk about being well and you talk about being having a sound mind when you're talking about it all the time, you don't have time to think of the other. You know, you just don't have time to think and go in that direction. God wants us to continually focus on what He says is so in our lives. Amen? Well, we're in a series this whole month leading up to Vision Sunday and uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night, as Jessica was saying. Um, love this time of year. Love talking vision and preparing. And, and I, I, I honestly believe that I have, without a doubt, I mean, head and shoulders above any other time that I've pastored this church, do I have revelation about vision for your life, for my life, that I have vision from God about your life and what God is doing to you, for you, through you, and, and, and seeing your destinies fulfilled. I've never had, I've never had the vision and the assurance of that coming from God, exactly what you need to hear. I've never had it to this level before. You know, I've always had it, but I've never had it to this level. I mean, I mean, actually, it's head and shoulders above everything that I've ever received from God about what He is doing in the earth in your life and for your life. You know, God, God is about every individual person. Nobody is left out. And I'm telling you today, God wants you to develop inside of you that you are His favorite. You're His favorite. I'm going to say it again. God wants you to believe that you are His favorite. There are a lot of people, when you say something like that, they look at it as though, well, you know, I, I don't want to be selfish and I don't want to act. And, you know, no, that, 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 there's false pride and there, there's false humility there. No, no, I'm his favorite, but so are you. No, but I am, but so are you, right? But I'm his favorite, and if you don't see God that way, you'll never receive from him because you won't believe that he has for you all that you need and even more, above and beyond anything that you can ask or think of. So today... I'm going to run through our foundational scriptures. Well, I won't run through them, but <clears throat> maybe go pretty quick. Proverbs 29 and 18, and I'm going to read this verse out of three translations. First, the New King James Version. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, 
But happy is he who keeps the law, keeps the Word of God. In the message translation of Proverbs 29 and 18, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm most blessed. Amen? Because I'm attending to what God is revealing. In the Amplified Translation, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The New King James says they cast off restraint. So casting off restraint, thinking you can handle life on your own, will cause you to perish. That's what he said. I'm just telling you what he said. But he who keeps the law or the word of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable, is this one. So no vision, no revelation, uh, you, you, you'll cast off restraint, and it will cause you to hear incorrectly. Hearing is vital. We're talking about it all year. Hearing is vital to live a life that is complete and perfect in 2020 and this whole decade. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing is what God is speaking so strongly to me. He wants His people at that place where they are perfect and complete. The word perfect, and you have to you know, you have to define that because sometimes that shuts people off. Well, nobody was created to be perfect. That word perfect is developed, matured. To be developed and matured, lacking in nothing. Why? Because you're connected to God, God's way. You're connected to Him, His way. That's the key. <clears throat> Psalms, uh, Psalm 119 and 130 says, the entrance of your word gives light, and it gives understanding to the simple. That includes all of us. The entrance of God's word brings light. Can you say amen to that? It brings light. That's what God wants to do in this day and hour, is, is for things to be enlightened, for us to know how this whole process with God operates. How do we really operate this way? How many in here, by, by the lifting of your hand, can say, you've heard things from God's Word that you absolutely didn't, have not understood in your life at different times, and that made absolute no sense, and, and your, your mind just kind of went tilt? Lift your hand if you, if you felt that way. I have. I can't tell you how many things through the years. But I can't tell you that if I didn't quit, how the revelation has always come. It's always come. You know why? Because he's trying to get something over to me. He wants me to get this life. He wants me to live in this life enlightened by the Word of God. Can you say amen? We've read James 1 and 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's where God wants you. And I shared with you last week, and, and I think the, maybe the week before also, but I shared with you last week out of the two, two of our scriptures that we had at Word First, Ezekiel 2020 and 2 Chronicles 2020. And I read both of these out of the New Living Translation. I want to read them again. And he said, and keep my Sabbath, Ezekiel 2020, 20, 
And keep my Sabbath days holy, for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God. And I've said to you, it is vital that you put value in the life of the church. We are the church, but when the church gathers together, there's a purpose behind it, and it's found in 2 Chronicles 20.20. And that verse in the New Living Translation reads like this. Well, and actually, I'm just going to just read the last part of it. He said, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in His prophets, and you will succeed. You will advance. Two things that I believe this year and this decade are vital for you to become convinced of. Number one is your connection with the church, because your connection with the church establishes your covenant with God. And that happens, what, what, what the purpose of the church is, is the Word of God being preached. It's one thing to say that you believe in God, but it's another thing to develop your belief in God through the preached Word. And I believe that's what these two verses of Scripture are talking about. And I'm passionate and I'm adamant about it. And my desire is that you become convinced of that like you never have been before. You know, there's things that may fall to the wayside, and this may not happen, and this may not work out, but you keep the Word of God first place, and you keep believing that your life is established. You're able to not only stand but succeed because you believe in God through the preached Word. Why is that so important? Because the Word says so. And what it does is, is it makes you hear what's preached and then take it and develop faith in, in what was preached in you knowing that what was preached was really true. You know, I'm reading these two verses of Scripture in 2020 and 2020. I'm reading these two verses of Scripture, but it's backed up in all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. You know, that's not just trying to take a couple of scriptures out, out of context and make it say what I want it to say. If you've been around here very long, you know that backs up what God says is true. So, today, <clears throat> with all of that just review of what we talked about last week, I want to look at a couple of things concerning, and what we're talking about is vision, but what I want to talk about is the importance of covenant. Um, covenant was talked about at Word First through a couple of the different speakers. I mentioned one word about it. But God's been speaking some things to me very directly about covenant for a long time. And you have to have, in the verse of Scripture that we just read, where there is no redemptive revelation of God, you cast off restraint. Where the revelation is not continuing to come to you. And, and what we have to have is, is a revelation of what Jesus Christ actually did and accomplished. What, what the old covenant couldn't do, Jesus did. And the Bible's very clear about it. And I want to read it, I want to read four verses out of Romans 8. Actually, the first four verses. And it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. Everybody say, God did. In sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I want to go through this and I want to look at at three different points regarding the blood covenant, regarding the covenant that we have with God. He said, what the law, what the old covenant couldn't do, God did in the, in the new covenant in sending His Son. And as a result of that, the blood of Jesus has not just forgiven us, but it's empowered us. I'm going to say it again. The blood of Jesus hasn't just forgiven us. It has. I'm forgiven. But it's empowered me. It's one thing to be forgiven and In the forgiveness, sometimes people think that, well, God's a good God, so He forgives me in my mistakes so I can keep making my mistakes. Well, the problem with that is if you know you shouldn't be doing something and you're doing it, the Bible says that's sin. Yeah, that's sin. And so God knows that sin, it's not like, you know, You've made a mistake, so he's just, I mean, he's just flustered and frustrated and just wants to drop kick you out of the, out of, out of the world because you've made a mistake. No, he knows it's going to hurt you. And God's got your back and he wants good for you. But we have to begin to realize what couldn't be done the old way has been done the new way, but we can't find ourselves still operating under the old law and the old covenant. God wants us in the new covenant. And, and there's one word found in the first verse of this Romans 8 that is, I believe, a key component to revealing to you and I how to walk in a way that is pleasing to God, but how to walk in a way that really we want to walk in. Paul made this statement, actually he made it twice in two different uh, times in scripture that we see in the new testament but paul made this statement in so many words and he was talking about himself there are times when i find myself doing things that i really don't want to do but i'm struggling because i'm i'm frustrated that i'm not finding the power to stop myself from doing what i really don't want to do and to me there lies you know the age-old question How do you get free from the things that rule your life? And in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. When I looked up the word condemnation, um, one of the words that define condemnation is darkness. One of the words that define condemnation is darkness. And... We're going to read a number of verses of Scripture that I'm going to let the Scripture do the talking for you of how you can be liberated and free from darkness. Darkness is the result of no light. 
Where there is no light, there's darkness. And where there is darkness, there's condemnation. And condemnation is a counterfeit of conviction. When I'm in a situation and I feel condemned, you know what happens a lot of times when we're under condemnation, under condemnation and we feel condemned? In other words, we're, we're, it's like we're being sentenced in a situation. A lot of times we want to squirm out of that condemnation and try to find a way out. And many times what we do is we get involved in the blame game. We want to blame everybody else for what's not working and the way I'm feeling. And, and if I can blame everybody else, I can get the sentence off of me, or at least we think we can. Well, the truth of the matter is you'll never get that sentence off of you because there's no sentence on you. It's a lie from the pit of, the, uh, of hell. And, and I want you to think about that as I read some of these next verses of Scripture to talk about what the blood of Jesus has done to liberate us and free our conscience from things that are no good. So I'm going to start with Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. Just follow with me. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, He is the mediator of what? Of a new covenant. The second covenant. By means of death. For the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. He said, what the blood of bulls and goats couldn't do, what, what, what the blood of bulls and goats did to our sin and, and the mistakes in our life is they covered them up. What the blood of Jesus did for our sins is Wash them away. Amen. Removed them. Everybody say removed. He removed our sins. And, and I want you, I, I, the reason I'm spending time on this is because you can have vision for something in life. You can have vision for things that you want to accomplish. But if your conscience isn't clear, if it's muddied and, it, and, and, and you're not seeing clearly what God wants you to see, then your vision is shut down. Where there's no redemptive revelation of God concerning what the blood of Jesus, what the blood covenant has done for you, if there's no redemptive revelation for you, then, then your seeing is cloudy. You're not, you're not seeing right. And when you're not hearing and seeing clearly and right, then what happens is you get distracted, you get pulled away, and you start drifting in other directions. But in this passage right here, he said, what the blood of bulls and goats couldn't do, the blood of Jesus did. 
So, if you are struggling in an area of your life, I don't care what it is, physically, mentally, or whatever, but you're struggling to get understanding in your life. I mean, you can, you can, you can go to counseling, you can hear other people tell you to do things and work on things in your life, but the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, He's liberated you, He's set you free. He, he, he has placed you in, 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 this, in this world and given you everything that you need to accomplish in life what you need to get through it. And many times we, we, we put our faith in other things when where our faith needs to be is in the blood and what the blood has accomplished for us. The blood of Jesus has liberated me and set me free. You know that any time that the Father or Jesus looks at you, they see no sin. They see no mistakes. You understand that? You, you know that there is not one person today that's in hell. I'm not saying who's in hell and who isn't in hell. I'm saying there's nobody in hell today because they murdered someone. There's nobody in hell today because they raped someone. There's nobody in hell today for any bad act. And I'll just tell you this. One of the worst people that I can think of, and when I was in Israel, I went through the Holocaust Museum, and I mean, I, mean, I had to leave because I, it, it's really difficult to take. I felt, literally felt like I was going to vomit. And what Adolf Hitler and his men did to the Jews from 1939 to 1945. And the millions and millions of people and children that were mutilated, raped, tortured, everything. And I'll just tell you this. And the reason I'm pointing this out is to get your attention to how the enemy tries to deceive you and get you focusing on your mistakes instead of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. If Adolf Hitler died the way they say that he died and he took, he took something and killed himself, he and his wife that he had married like, you know, 15 hours before, if they'd really died that way, if during that 15 hours he went to Jesus and he asked Jesus to forgive him of all of his atrocities and he meant it, and God knows whether you mean it or not, Adolf Hitler is not in hell today because of what the blood of Jesus did for Adolf Hitler like he did for you and me and anybody else. And the world doesn't like to hear things like that because, you know, the world doesn't like jailhouse experiences and the world doesn't, you know, agree with, you know, deathbed experiences or, or whatever. A lot of people don't. Well, they acted this way. They acted like hell all these years and did all these things to me and they did all this kind of stuff. And people don't like to hear that. But the truth is, if the blood of Jesus died for one person, he died for all people. And the blood covenant 
has been established to liberate us and to set us free. And condemnation on a day-to-day basis tries to convince us that we can't be free and we've actually been programmed to believe that we're not free and we can't get free of the things in our life. We've actually been programmed to believe in darkness and not believe that the light can really shut the darkness down. See, because with everything that I'm talking about concerning what the blood of Jesus has done for us, Romans 8, 4 said that all of that comes about as we walk not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. So as much as I'm forgiven, I am empowered to now do what He says. I'm going to say it again. As much as I'm forgiven, and if you do not believe today that you're forgiven no matter what you've done in the past, I'll just tell you, I'm not going to hell. I'm not. I'm not going to hell. And I can tell you today, I have made some mistakes. I've made some ugly mistakes at different times in my life. But, and you know, I don't want to, and you don't want to tell everybody the mistakes and the things that you've done in life and how this has happened or whatever, you know, and project that to everybody else. But if you find out, if you found out something that I did, and, and, it, and to you it was a, some horrible thing, you can't make me feel bad about it. You can't make me feel bad about it. Now, if what I did wrong affected someone else, and it hurt their life, and it did something, and I'm, my attitude is, I'm not, you know, I just don't take that, and I'm not moved by that, and I'm not taking responsibility for what I did to someone else, that's wrong. That's wrong. Absolutely wrong. But I'm telling you, when you stay focused on what God is saying to you, He will liberate you from that bondage. I, 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 I uh, um, I don't, if I don't look at it, I won't, I, well, maybe I would, but I'm just going to say this. Hold on. Having to go to social media. I posted this this week. It was a repost by Dr. Caroline Leaf, and it said this, how people treat you is a reflection of them. What you accept is a reflection of you. I I made that statement part of my daily confession. How people treat me is a reflection of them. How I accept how they treated me is a reflection of me. And so often, in in these journey, in the journey of life that we are on, we, we get so bogged down with what we haven't done or what hasn't happened in our life that we can't see clearly to accept what Jesus has done for us and receive the empowerment to be able to go through, overcome, walk out of what we face 
and be empowered to allow that to happen day to day. Because the blood of Jesus didn't just cleanse me one time. The blood of Jesus cleanses every time. Anytime anything happens, any mistake that I made, the blood of Jesus is still there to cleanse me because He's already cleansed me before I made the mistakes. And I've got to see it that way. And today, I'm sure, none of you in here are like Adolf Hitler. But everybody in here has made mistakes. And I'm telling you, God wants you to get out from underneath condemnation of the mistakes you've made and be liberated to walk free and experience everything that the blood of Jesus has done for you. I'll tell you what the blood of Jesus does is it always brings conviction. And conviction is always through the conduit of the Word of God. You can't be convicted by, about something. I'm not talking about condemnation, conviction. What does conviction do? It leads you to the answer. Hey, this thing's going to kill you. This thing's going to take you down. I'm leading you to the answer now. I want the answer. I don't want to just talk about the answer. I want the answer. Because like I said a minute ago, I'm not going to hell. So whatever I, ha- whatever I have to do... If I've, if I've hurt people, if I've done something to people, I don't care who I've got to go to apologize to. I don't care what I have to do to make it right. I will make it right because those kind of things aren't keeping me from fulfilling my destiny and doing all that God has created me to do. And I'm telling you, condemnation destroys faith. It destroys faith. I'm going to say it again. Condemnation allowed to operate in your life will destroy any evidence of faith. You'll never be able to believe. Ever. Look at um, Hebrews 10, next chapter over, and the 16th verse. And this is what I'm talking about. Pretty much defines it. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. Mm. I will put my laws into their hearts, put my word into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Said he would remember, no matter what you've ever done, ever, he'll remember it no more. Listen to me, that should empower us to not want to go back to that ever again. That's what God wants you to grab and get a hold of in your life. I don't, okay, I'm forgiven, but I'm also empowered. Who is my empowerment? The Holy Spirit. And when I'm hearing His voice and I'm doing what He said, then I'm walking out what Jesus would walk out and everything Jesus walked out that He heard from the Father, man, I mean, it exploded. I mean, it prospered, it advanced. Well, Pastor, you know, I've just done everything that I know to do. 
And it's just not working. Then your life proved that God's a liar. I've just, I've done, I've just, I've done everything. No. You're lying. Well, that's pretty ugly. Well, I'm just going to read to you what he said. Don't be mad at me. I'll, I'll wait 30 seconds and you can leave. First John 1 and verse 5. This is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness, no condemnation in him at all. Everybody say at all. Does it say at all? Yep. It says at all. At all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in condemnation, we lie. Talk to the hand. He said it, not me. Right? So if I say I'm walking in the light, but yet I'm walking in the darkness, I'm lying. Because I'm not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, and I want you to catch this. You're going to have to go home and meditate on this a little bit, but I want you to catch this, okay? He says, but if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and what? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, wipes away all the sin. So on an active basis, where the condemnation is lying to you and telling you that the sin really matters, and God's saying it doesn't, but you got to walk with me, so I'm empowering you to not let the sin condemn you. Yeah, but I've done everything. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. It's a lie. And you, we've, we've bought that lie that we've done everything. But look at the next verse. If we confess our sins, wait a minute, so the next verse. If we say that we have no sin, now this verse goes back to the verse that says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in the darkness, in other words, we're lying. Here he's saying, if we, ha if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Again, why? Because we're not fellowshipping with Him. There's no truth in us. The truth isn't empowering us. It's not empowering us to make the right decision when condemnation comes and says you're a worthless piece of junk and you're no good and you're never going to amount to anything because of the mistakes you've made. And you rise up on the inside of you and say, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Jesus is my advocate. He's my attorney. He said, I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. Anybody ever made mistakes? I'm telling you, you're not guilty. But if you notice who he said was lying to who, he's saying that you're lying to yourself. And that's what we have to be free of. I'll tell you what. 
the church of Jesus Christ, you know, man, and especially people that talk faith, everything's great. Everything is great. We come to church, man, it's great. How, how things going? <laughs> this not. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it's great. I mean, and so, so okay, you don't, you, you, you know, don't, don't, don't get loose and lax and, you know, be in the foyer and spill all your guts to everybody that's standing out there, okay? But we have to have connections where we can say, you know what, I, I'm, not, I'm not really doing well. I'm struggling. I'm struggling in this. Listen to me. Okay, that's the first step. The second step is to be open to receive some instruction. You know how many people through the years, none of them are here so I can say it, but do you know how many people through the years, someone came to me, I mean genuinely, they had trouble, they had stuff in their life. What did I tell them? You need to come to church because what am I telling you that church is about? It's about the preached word. It's not about just showing up. Yeah, you can, yeah, but I can download podcasts. I can listen to this on all these other things. That's, that's good. But there's something about a connection to the house that Ezekiel 20, 20 said causes you to believe in the covenant that you have with God. Okay? So you can keep that excuse and I, you know, I don't have to do that. And the church isn't perfect. It's not. Church isn't perfect. In fact, the church is as imperfect as all, all the other things you see out there. All kinds of things that aren't totally right with the church. But it's the church and God's building it. And the reason that there's imperfections in the church is because of you and I. Okay, so pfft, settle it, okay? All right, okay. So now, see, we don't have to act like we have to cover it all up and we can't let anybody know. And you pick and choose who you're going to let know. But you find people through the years. And, and through time and developing relationships, if you never show up, if you don't sign up for connect groups, if you don't connect with people in that way, you don't find who you can trust and who you can share things with. And I'll just tell you this, you're part of this church, and somebody tells you something and asks you to keep it to themselves and you don't, you're going to hear from me, especially if I hear about it. Because we, if you can take pride in something, we take pride in the fact that we don't let what other people tell us be on the news the next day. Amen, or on social media and telling everybody about what's up. We don't do it. No. I mean, there are things about some of you in here <laughs> that I know about, okay? I'm laughing with you because you know I know, and I know you know, but nobody else knows because of me. I promise you, nobody else knows anything you ever told me about you unless you told them or somebody else did. Okay? And that's what we have to have. But at the end of the day, if somebody, people that I've told to do those kind of things, like somebody come and they say, you know what, man, I just, man, I, I'm struggling financially in this and all that. So, so where are you working? Well, I'm not. I said, okay. So two things. Okay, can you do two things? Show up, listen to the word, and get a job. Yeah, and I'll help you find a job. We'll help you. I know people. What do you do? Two weeks, gone. If you're not going to do what is being instructed, what I'm being led by the Spirit of God to tell you, and you're not going to at least give it, I mean, give it six months. I'm not talking about find a job that's your career. Just do something to generate some funds. 
You know, and when you're putting your hand to the plow, something good's going to happen. The favor of God will come on that and it'll overtake it. But if you don't come to church to find out that God created you to be complete and perfect, lacking in nothing in your life. But it takes the preached word and you've got to believe in God through the preached word to get to that place. Amen? And so he said here, he said, I'm almost there. If we, if we confess, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And again, that word cleanse, not cover up, cleanse them, wipe them away from all unrighteousness. Now listen to me, he's already wiped them away. He's talking about in your conscience. I'm going to say it again. He's already wiped them away, but he will cleanse your conscience as we read in Hebrews so that you are not consumed with works that are doing nothing. And when we get a hold of that, I'm telling you, there's liberty like you've never seen before in your life, ever, ever, and ever. Then the last verse he said there in verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us, because what we're saying is we don't need him. Oh, I got it down. I got it figured. Yeah, but you're walking in condemnation, and you're walking in darkness. And the only thing that dispels darkness is the entrance of his word. And it's the preached word that causes you to be able to take what you hear preached, because by faith you came and believed in who brought you the word. You have to do that. That's scripture also. And then it becomes revelation to you, and it dispels the darkness, and you don't live under condemnation. And when you don't live under condemnation, you want to hear what the next good piece of news is? One, two. See me after. Oh, everybody. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give it to you in the end. First John three nineteen. We're going to read it together. First John three nineteen. Uh, through uh, nineteen through twenty two. Let's let's read. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. How, how will we assure our hearts? The truth, the word. Verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than my heart. He knows everything about everything. He's greater than my heart. He's greater than what's coming to me and, and trying to tell me this condemnation mess trying to tell me that you'll never amount to anything because you did this thing. And I think I've covered every base. Whatever you've done in life, if it's affected someone else somewhere, God will probably require out of you repentance to that person and doing whatever it takes. If it just has to do with you personally and yourself and it brought no one else, I'm telling you today, I'm free from those things and I'm becoming more free than ever before and nothing is sending me to hell. Nothing. Nothing's keeping me in sin and disobedient. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't care what I've done. And I see it that way because every time the Father and Jesus sees me, that's all they see. Totally forgiven totally washed, totally clean, totally free of everything. So, go back to that 20th verse. So if my heart condemns me, he said, 
God's greater than my heart, and he knows all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Wait for verse 22. We have confidence toward God. No, 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 remove that. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. No, wait, wait, wait. Don't go to 22 yet. Everything I've said today is summarized in this one verse. Verse 22. Everything. Everything that you will ever need in life. I'm telling you. I am telling you today. I mean, I hate to cry, but I'm crying inside. I'm weeping inside. A good cry, a good weep. I am committed to your success. I've told my whole family, my wife and my daughters, my dad, my mother-in-law, all of my family, I've told my family, I'm committed to your success. I'm telling you, I am committed to your success. And you know what that means? Not living a condemned life, living an empowered life, and then teaching you what God tells me so that from the preached word, you will be successful at everything that you do. No matter what's happened in your life to this second, you're already forgiven. And God wants you to take responsibility for whatever you've done. Do that, but move on. Can you say amen? And as you're moving on, verse 22 is happening in your life. Whatever, remember this is, this is a condemnation-free heart. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we've dealt with the darkness, we keep His commandments, we keep His Word, and we do those things that are pleasing in His sight because we're walking with Him. We're fellowshipping with Him. We're connecting with Him. We're living this life. So that what happens? I'm becoming mature and developed and complete, lacking in nothing. And the redemptive revelation is causing me to have restraints in my life to where I don't tolerate anything that is not of God. No, we're not doing that. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not allowing that. Everything that comes through these eyes and these ears, everything that comes out of my mouth, is going to be pleasing to God. And when it's not, confess your sin. He's faithful and righteous to forgive you. He's already forgiven you. He's forgiving you again so you can be convinced you're already forgiven because every time you make a mistake, the devil's there to try to tell you that's disqualifying you from being able to receive everything you ask for. I know you can see my excitement. I've never been as this excited about a year and a decade than I am about this year and this decade. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. How many say me too? Amen. That's us. That's who we are. People of God.